1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everything we've done since training camp is we want to earn the right to be a playoff team.
2: Christian save, Mike Smith, a game
1: saver, and he got run over by Zach Cassian. He's like one of those top teams, and we're working our way to that. AGAIN! Message today is we're trying to win. What timer score? We are drive some right circle. No risk, no gain. And now we're gonna have a goal refined. This is NHL overtime. This is Ryan and Hopkins. This is Alter Platinum. This is Leon Dreisett. This is, Dreis. is McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down. Yeah, Digitex does that. dot C A. Now, Boss Offer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers. Six thirty, Shed.
0: 1980s. Welcome, everybody. Bob Stauffer along with Brendan Scott. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex. by or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. Lots to get to. Hope you had as good a 2020 Labor Day weekend as, as possible. Um what a year and illustrated again uh, further just how different things are by the fact that we had no Labor Day classic uh, which uh, for me historically has often been uh, well this is the favorite time of year for me it's it's traditionally the kickoff for college football down in the states uh, honing in on the NFL we are going to have NFL football going uh, but the CFL such a big part of the fabric of uh, Canadian society and lo and behold, no Labor Day classics uh, between uh, uh, the Sunday game that's always played between the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and obviously the Cats and the Argos and the Eskimos, most importantly, in the Calgary Stamp, The EE football team, as they're now known as, and the uh, Stampeders. So a uh, tough time indeed. Uh, further illustrated by the point, last night, Eastern Conference Final at Rogers Place. And, man, uh, does that building miss the fans. This is what there's now. Lots to get to. We're going to hit on a bunch of different topics and themes. It is a Tuesday, which means Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta presenting live racing Friday and Sunday evening. Spectators limited at this time, but you can go online and bet at hpibet.com to watch and wager. You can reach us at any time on a River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three, the River Cree back up in Adam with over thirteen hundred and fifty slot machines and multiple dining options, including the brand-new Italia, the River Crete Resort Casino Excitement. Bet on it. Text us as well on the Ashley Five Floors text line, 780 496 770 Ashley Five Floors, ready for your kids' pregame warm-up. we on Twitter. Head of now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. Tweet Brendan Escott at Brendan with two Es, Escott with two Ts. He's
2: back in the studio, got an extra day off uh, late last week. Brendan, how was your weekend? It was excellent. Uh, you know, weather weather hamstrung us a little bit, but we got to ride quads instead of the boat up at Lac La Bish. so I'm happy. I'm recharged and ready to go here. All
0: right. Well, uh, we're gonna have a, a fun week. Uh, lots of different topics to get to. We'll go, we'll start off with our top story for Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of the no payments and no interest for one year, and uh, a couple different things that occurred. Um, We'll start with the fact that the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders played game one of their Eastern Conference final last night at Rogers Place in Ice District. And I can tell you that uh, the last Eastern Conference playoff game I went to was in 2001. I got flown by Hockey Night in Canada uh, into do uh, stats uh, during the course of the Buffalo-Pittsburgh series, and it was well into the series. It was actually a Saturday afternoon game, so 19 years since I had been at an Eastern uh, Conference playoff game. Uh, Tampa Bay obviously lit the Islanders up for fun. Both organizations are going to have a very different look because of the fact that we've got a stagnant camp at 81.5 but i know many of you sort of comparing uh you know what tampa bay has done and obviously they hit the home run on, on brayden point who uh, was their fourth pick in that draft year it's not like they you know they missed on them two three times but a couple of reoccurring themes regarding draft picks and the sort of guys that fall traditionally players that are short um Russian players tend to fall. Might be a bit of a bias there, historically speaking. Players that have a disproportionately low goal to assist total, which will bring us to a guy in the New York Islanders. And then a player who suffers an injury, which will bring us to a player in the New York Islanders, Matthew Barzell. Obviously, it's... You know, it's, it's been discussed so much what the Edmonton owners gave up to get Griffin and Reinhardt at that time. And it's always been my belief that the orders weren't going to draft Barzell at 16 anyhow. That they were going to end up taking, uh, Joel Erickson. But just, just circling back to Tampa Bay, what's scary about the Lightning is they've built up a plethora of additional draft choices. That are going to be able to allow them. Yeah, they'll have to move one of their four or five million dollars players. They got a bunch of them, uh, but is uh, you know they're going to have to sign Anthony Cirelli, who's an excellent player, a guy that started with the Oshawa Generals, scored uh, the two goals the year that Oshawa beat Kelowna, got the game winner in overtime against Leon Drysaddle in the Kelowna Rockets 2015 Memorial Cup. But they drafted uh, Mitchell Stevens in the second round, 33rd overall in 2015. And he played about half a season this year in Tampa. They drafted Matthew Joseph in the fourth round of the 2015 draft. He's played 107 NHL games. This guy is going to play as a bottom six winger because he's big and he can skate. Uh, They drafted Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish in the second round of the 2016 draft. Both of those guys kind of had fair to middling years in the American Hockey League, but they're still good prospects. And then i got Volkov, who's been linked to rumors with Yassapol Yarvi uh, Second uh, round in 2017, and uh, Volkov has 23-23 goals in his first two full years in the American League, and then 30 points in 46 games this past year. That's five forward prospects that they still have. They might have to move Tyler Johnson, and Tampa Bay, make no mistake, they are the prohibitive favorite uh, for the Stanley Cup, even playing without Steven Stamkos. They're, they're going to need to put some money on defense, and but one of the things that they're going to be able to do is transition a couple of these guys up, and it speaks volumes to their draft and development model. And, uh, you know, the Oilers had a good 2015 draft in rounds 4, 5, and 6. They got Caleb Jones, they got Ethan Baer. Uh, John Marino, who, in fairness to Pete Chirelli was, you know, one of his uh, scouts' recommendations in the sixth round, and he just wouldn't sign with the Oilers and ultimately went to Pittsburgh. But Edmonton had a good draft. The Oilers have defense. Edmonton needs to add some forwards, but they need to focus on not just drafting the guys, but development. I would suggest to you that with Dave Manson down on the farm on a full-time basis, and even the rotational work a little bit with Paul Coffey the last couple of years, but mostly with Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson. They played a part in the uh, maturation and growth for players like Caleb Jones and Ethan Baer. Uh, this upcoming season is going to be a little bit different because we're not sure if the HL will even play, which is why you know every organization is moving a lot of their prospects into Europe. The Oilers made a couple more announcements on that front today, and we'll get that uh, to you at NHL today a little bit later on. But it's important stuff in terms of you just don't draft them. You got to develop them. And at times over the last decade, the Oilers had e- even a coach or two more focused on winning games down in the American Hockey League than bringing on, on players. Not playing Oilers prospects, scratching Oilers prospects in favor of six or uh, you know twenty-six or twenty-seven-year-old East Coast League veterans that you know maybe a little bit more mature, maybe make fewer mistakes than a 20- 20 or 21-year-old kid. I think we've seen a move away from that. It needs to continue down the path. And I, the one thing I will say with Ken Holland, I believe that that will be a focus of the organization. Uh, the orders will probably hire a couple of de- full-time development people with Scott Housen moving to the American Hockey League. Maybe a former NHL forward, maybe a former NHL defenseman to work with the kids. Again, he's got Sean Horkoff working with the Detroit Red Wings, Dan Cleary as well. Los Angeles Kings have six different guys that wrote, do some rotational work like Jared Stoll, uh, Matt Green's another one. So they have lots of different people involved in developing similar players. I can see the orders investing there. The orders are going to need a scout in Ontario, a scout in Quebec, a pro scout in Europe, an amateur scout in Europe. There's going to be some guys that are going to need to be hired here, uh, moving forward in the organization. Yes, a poly I know there was a lot of discourse on Yes, a over the course of the last, uh, I don't know, 72 hours or so. Um, I, inevitable, you know, you, you could see, in, yes, a Paul Yarby return. He could still be traded for a like-minded prospect, or he could return to the Oilers. Whatever the case, he's going to have to come in and work. Uh, he left on his terms, and he's going to have to, he just doesn't get handed a top spot with um, Connor McDavid. That's, that's not how it's going to work, Beca- partially, in part, because of how he left, and the other part is because he hasn't totally jived in terms of having a synchronicity with a McDavid or a Dry settle yet, or Nugent Hopkins even to this stage in his career. Now, hopefully, he has progressed over in Europe in Finland. I don't consider the Finnish league to be a, a top two or three league in Europe. They certainly don't pay like that. Paul Yarby would make three to four times in north america what he's making in finland so i think that it only makes sense for him to have done the one year there stay until uh we're close to a return to play for the upcoming 2021 season i think most of you get it out there that work that you have to work your way up and grind and people say no you should just throw and and i'm going to give you a contrast coming out of the lockout in 0405 the emmett oilers lacked pure offensive talent and in 0405 during the days of total sports i was the one that was like they got to play alish hemsky in their top six now hemsky had had like a 34 point rookie season but i'm like they got to play craig mitavish has to play hemsky full time in the edmonton Oilers top six when we get back in 0506 well MacT did hemsky matured and grew and led the Oilers in points during the 0506 season, he had 77 points that year. A team ultimately that made it to the Stanley Cup final. Pulleyarvi is not the best offensive uh, player the Oilers have. They have McDavid, they have Seidel, they have Nugent-Hopkins, and right now Yamamoto is a better offensive player as well. Could Pulleyarvi progress and grow? I hope so. He could also end up being a guy like Valeri Nichushkin, who's a decent third-line contributor. Which is why you might contemplate a potential move if you could get a center, uh, form. Anyway, those, those are a couple topics. I'm going to save one coming up a little bit later on for Mr. Spectre as well. Uh, if you're following me on Twitter today, today, you can probably figure it out. Let's go to our Oilers Now Audio Vault brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings at Edmonton, Fort McMurray and online at directworkwear.com. And, uh, Elliot Friedman had these comments. On Friday's show, on Taylor Hall being unlikely to re sign in Arizona.
1: I still think Hall's going to U.F.A. I think they took their shot, and I don't think that's going to happen. I think Hall's going to U.F.A. So that's number one. Uh, Number two, yes, I think I've heard, like, Steve Sullivan is the interim GM, and I think he wants to keep the job. I think he's very interested. And, um, you know, like, Sullivan knows their personnel really well. And I've heard that he's, like, guys are telling me that he's proceeding as if he has the authority to do it. And they think he does have authority to do things. I think he's got a lot of irons in the fire. I think OEL is one of them for sure. I think either Kemper or Ranta is one of them for sure. I think he's looking at a lot of things there. And I think Arizona is willing to try a lot of different things.
0: All right, that's Elliot Freeman. So let's get to Arizona. First of all, Darcy Camper. Uh, led to believe absolutely that Arizona is trying to get the best possible pick they can for Darcy Camper, that they would part with him, even though he was their number one goaltender. Um, not sure if that pick would be, say, the top 20 of the NHL draft, but I think there's going to be teams that contemplate. uh say 20 to 30 a late first round pick for darcy camper and that arizona would do it they got to buy the team down i'd be stunned if taylor hall at this stage re-signed with the arizona coyotes given the fact that i think that they're going to significantly buy down their team it would not surprise me if taylor hall signed a short-term deal a one-year deal and it's going to be a hard decision for him because there are going to be teams they give a multi-year deals. But it might make sorts more sense to sign a one-year deal and then sign something when more money opens up and the market opens up a little bit more uh, next off-season. Just food for thought regarding Taylor Hall, who, by the way, from 2010 until 2016 was five on five in true five on five situations. The only Oilers forward during that six-year window that was a plus player. Uh, to put things in perspective, Andrew Ference came in and uh, was a captain on that team. And in a little over two years was minus 45 on five. Now, obviously, Ference, in fairness to him, played too much, played too high up in the lineup. Uh, which made it difficult for him to lead when he was being challenged to keep his head above the water. But when Hall was on the ice, the Oilers did have their head above the water, 5-on-5. Five five. By the way, since 2015-16, uh, through until the conclusion of this past regular season, Connor McDavid is at plus 57 in true 5-on-5 five five situations his first five years in the NHL. Leon Dreisaitl, is plus 17 during that five-year window. In true five-on-five situations. So that is not counting giving up uh, being a minus because you're on a power play, and the Oilers have had a pretty good power play since 2015-16, but they've given up some shorthanded goals against, and that obviously affects their plus-minus stat, and that does not include empty net goals, which, generally speaking, work against the team's better offensive players. Sometimes it seems like you have to explain plus-minus to... Uh, with some media guys out there that are a little bit more shallow in their approach. Uh, Adam Larson on defense's first couple of years in Edmonton were pretty good. He was plus 16. Last two seasons, dash forty five on 5 So he's going to need to be better when we get back at it in 2021. Matthew Benning, and maybe this is a byproduct of being sheltered a bit, or maybe he's better than people think. Plus 29. Over the last four seasons, in true five-on-five situations, which means when he's on the ice, generally speaking, the puck is up the ice and in a good spot. Twelve twenty-three in Edmonton. Uh, we will get to NHL today for elite promotional marketing when we return on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach
1: Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630
0: Chet. 12.25 in Edmonton. You know a team that's got some extra, like the Oilers are right-wing heavy, right? They got Cassian, they got Yamamoto, Josh Archibald, Alex Chase on Patrick Russell signed. If Pulleyarvey to return, that'd be six right wings. You know which team's got a lot of left wings and a sh- maybe shorter right wing? Boston. Uh, do want to mention Mark Spector coming up, SportsNet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. At 115, uh, longtime Edmonton based writer Robin Brownlee on the Canadian life cup campaign uh robin's been involved with hockey helps the homeless over the last several years and i look forward to having him on the show and at 135 today from the nhl network and his name's been out there for nhl presidents and gm jobs kevin weeks to nhl today for elite promotional marketing your local branded merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromotionalMarketing.com. Back at the 630Jet Studios, here's Brendan Escott.
2: It's been so long, let's see if I remember how to do this. <laughs> game 2 of the Western Conference Final goes tonight after Dallas took a one nothing series lead with a one nothing win on Sunday night. Ryan Reeves suspended for that series opener. Remember, he picked up a one-game Suspey for hitting Vancouver's uh, Tyler Mott in the head. Tampa thumped the Islanders 8-2 last night in Game 1 of the East Final. Gary Bettman announced the draft will be October 6th. The uh, Rangers hold the first pick. The Oilers will select uh, 14th overall. And that's the first round of the draft. Uh, six straight weeks, by the way, with no positive COVID-19 tests either way. The Oilers have loaned defenseman Evan Bouchard to, oh, let's slow down for this one, Söder Talg in the second Swedish league, which is the Elstravskin. Uh, then they lo- loaned uh, Gaetan Haas back to SC Bern of the Swiss National League. Both will return for NHL training camp all likelihood, as will Ryan McLeod who was loaned to Evie Zug in the Swiss League on Saturday. Sends forward Bobby Ryan won the Bill Masterson Trophy for Perseverance Sportsmanship dedication to hockey after completing the league's substance use program. Matt Dumba named the King Clancy Award winner for leadership qualities on and off the ice and for someone who's made a significant humanitarian contribution to the community and one last note here, Bob, the agent for 28-year-old Michael Granlin told The Athletic they will be testing the free agent waters after things failed to click in Nashville.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the fact that Bouchard uh, and uh, Gaetan Haas are going to go over to Europe. Uh, Tyler Benson will skate tonight with the Alberta Golden Bears, expected to go to Europe as well, uh, be assigned there over the next uh, couple of weeks. Quick text here from John, and you can text us, and I got a ton of them on our Ashley Fine floors text line. Bob, as you mentioned, aside from the Oilers trading the 16 and the 33 for Reinhardt, they weren't going to draft Barzell. Is that another strike against the scouting staff? Why is it that when we draft guys from the WHL, uh, and the Oil Kings they end up being bust, yet we miss out on the ge- the gems. Aside from Yamamoto, who we drafted from the WHL, uh, where has the impact been over the last six or seven years? It's in our own backyard from John. Well, Bears turned out to be a pretty good pick from the Western Hockey League. He was at the Seattle Thunderbirds. But, John, fair criticism. And... Um, there's been a change at times of managers. Different managers have wanted to uh, have their input and their and their say. Um, I, I remember having this con- – we should mention, just before the 2015 draft, Tim McGregor was fired uh, as the head amateur scout of the Edmonton Oilers, and, and uh, you know, there was a belief that Reinhardt could help the team and step in and play right away, and that's a trade, obviously. Let's face it, if that trade doesn't happen – uh, if ends and buts at this stage, but uh, it's bottom line under Ken Holland. The one thing I will say is his prioritization historically speaking has been on uh, drafting and developing players and that's the only way the owners especially at edmonton it, it's we've been talking about this like uh, dating back to the top for those of you uh, that were patient enough to listen to me back in the days of total sports i mean how long have we been talking about this for and it's a two-part system you got to draft the player and then you got to develop the player which means you have to play the player as well off to a global news weather traffic Update uh, today with Eileen Bell when we come back for the horses and horse racing Alberta mark Specter. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon
1: on Oilers Radio 630 Chad.